Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Breslin Breakdown Impacts podcast for Michigan State women's basketball and the women's basketball beat. I'm Matt Merrifield, joined today in the studio here with three-fourths of our beat yet again. This week, we're missing another person. Marin is back. I am back. Hi. Thank you for joining us this week. How was uh, the city down the road? Um, well, the city down the road is the city on the road, and I don't like it, but um, I did have a very good time at the event I was at. Um, it had nothing to do with um, that school that shall not be named. Um, okay, but it was... It's Michigan. You can say Michigan. Okay. Well, they scum? Suck. Are we was... allowed to say scum on here? I was trying to like... Okay, anyways, I don't know what I was trying to do, but I was in Ann Arbor for a concert. It was very enjoyable. It had nothing to do with Michigan. Uh, the artist just happened to play because they have better venues. I can't imagine an artist coming to a concert in Lansing. Was it worth skipping the best beat or the best uh, podcast at Impact? Um, well, I heard that I was getting trashed, so not as bad as you think. We, we just said nice. that you were at the school down the road. Yeah. That's oh, all we okay. said. We, we questioned your decision on yeah. which city you decided to listen to this band in. Well, they were playing in that city. I didn't have much of a choice. Anyways, Allie is also here. Allie, you were at the game last night. I, I was. Mean, so, so are you. You're back. Yes, we were both there. at the game. Marin uh, was there. Shout out BTM Plus. No free ads. Oh. Uh, Jada Coster, not oh. here. Uh, he decided to go watch Western Michigan play Central Michigan in football in the greatest sporting event that you can catch during the week, Maction. <laughs> So he's there, not here with us. He is driving a group of guys down there to have some fun. Are you what's... saying that the Maction was better no, than I'm the saying Champions Classic? I... That was during the week. Yes, Maction is a special event that you just have to you have to watch to understand Maction. No free ads, but you should watch Maction. No calls to action, but you should watch Maction if you can. There's more on tonight, like the Central Western game. Anyways, moving on. The Spartans over the last week had three games, won all three of them. They... Blew out Purdue-Fort Wayne last Thursday, Western Michigan on Sunday. Marin and I were on the call for that one. That was another blowout. State put up 97 points. And then last night, Michigan State defeated Oakland and put on a defensive clinic, which we'll break down here in a few. But first, our question of the day. We will not be meeting next week, so that's why we're asking this question now. What is everybody's favorite Thanksgiving side? Why don't you go first, Matt? Yeah, let's hear Oh, yours. well, usually the host gives it off to other people. We don't okay, go on well, tangents for seven minutes before letting other people talk. Well, but we since decided. you insist, we, but we since you insist I will go first. Because shout out Mike Merrifield. We hear that you're a really great cook. We, yes. yes, my father. And we know that you're in charge of Thanksgiving. He is in charge of Thanksgiving. My dad does a great job cooking. I'm in charge of pumpkin pie, but he does a great job Imagine cooking Dutch dinner. Imagine knowing how to make anything. That's not like a bowl of the, cereal. The directions for pumpkin pie are on the side of the can. I, Allie's not gifted in the kitchen. No. Some I, people are born with it. Some people are not. I burn scrambled eggs. Anyways, uh, that's. <laughs> anyways, to the back to the question. Back to the question. Matt? Fine, I'll answer first. Uh, favorite Thanksgiving side for me, it's sweet potato casserole. You stole mine. I should go to first. Well, okay. I, I gave you the option, and I picked the best side because it's the best. You don't eat sweet potato that often throughout the year. At least I don't. I eat sweet potato fries all the time. Yeah, shout out 1855. Yeah, yeah, I will give them the free shout yeah, but, out. Yeah, but sweet potato casserole <sighs> okay. is different, and Fair. it's better. And I only have it a few times a year, but when Fair I do, it's very question. good. Question. Do you have marshmallows on top or no? No, we put... Um, we have pecan on Like top. pecan and Ooh, coconut yeah. on top. It's really good. Uh, Marin, I'll go to you next. Um, so I was going to say ma- mashed potatoes, but that was called basic, so it I'll basic. change it. Um, and behind that, um, I'm going to go with green bean casserole. My mom makes 
Shout out Marsha Klein. Makes a solid green bean casserole. I'm out on green beans. Oh, I have really? to say. Green bean casserole or green beans? I don't, I'm don't. i not really a vegetable person. I just, I'm a child. I don't do that. She eats chicken nuggets. I do eat chicken nuggets. Not on Thanksgiving, though. Well, that's good. I think, well, I was going to say sweet potato casserole, but that's already taken, so I'm going second place, which is mac and cheese. And I'm the only person at this table who goes mac and cheese, but a nice, like, Baked mac and cheese with the breadcrumbs on top, and mm, it's so good. You can have it's, that on any night. That's not okay, a Thanksgiving. Not, it doesn't food. belong at the Thanksgiving Nothing table. Nothing on the Thanksgiving table is like Thanksgivingy, except for the sweet potato casserole, pretty much. Um, and every, turkey and turkey and, and cranberry you, sauce and like and stuffing. Okay, but like, and, and corn. I don't like stuffing. Stuff, you don't like stuffing? Not really. Oh, I get Kevin hate for that. I get hate Kevin for that makes at my some Thanksgiving. Good my dad stuffing. makes very good stuffing as well. Anyways, I feel like dads and stuffing are just like two things. Like like all dads make really good stuffing. But, and it's good. I just am not a stuffing person. Anyways, well, basketball. Anyways, we're going to move on to some basketball now. Michigan State played three times in the last week, so we're going to get into that. Uh, starting off with Michigan State's win over Purdue-Fort Wayne last Thursday. Michigan State won that one 85-53. to uh, Michigan State controlled this one the entire night. Leading scorer in that one was Kamaria McDaniel, the grad transfer from Baylor. Uh, if anybody remembers that game, we've had a lot. Of basketball to watch in the last three in the last three weeks or last week, but if anybody remembers anything from that one, if you want to break down, go well, ahead, Marin. One, I just want to correct you because. Um, oh, I am Tyra sadly mistaken. I am sadly Tyra mistaken. Parks had her career high eighteen points and was Michigan State's leading scorer. Kamara McDaniel had fourteen. She was pretty close behind. Also had a great game. Uh, I just felt like. The people needed to know. You were correct. I said I was sadly mistaken looking at the box score quickly. I missed that. So yes, Tyre Parks did lead the team in scoring with eighteen. If you'd like to continue, so I I will be very real. I was not at this game. Um, Who? Oh, Jay was at that game with me. Never mind. You and Jay. Um, but she was shooting eight for twelve, eighteen points. Again, she wasn't really a player that was putting up a lot of points. She was more of a defensive player last year. So that's really good to see her. Getting in there, getting in the paint, and making those shots. Yeah, I remember. Now I I do remember it was me and Jay at that game. So I don't know why I gave it off to you two. Uh, Tyre uh, played very well in that game. Susie was very pleased with her performance after the game, putting up eighteen and nine. She was actually very excited for her. She made a comment about in the presser of how excited she was for Ty for Tyre to put up eighteen. The rest of the team, Theron Halleck had thirteen. Kamari McDaniel finished second in scoring in the night with fourteen. Matilda Eck had ten. She struggled from three point shooting in the one with one going one for six one for six from three, um, but I think in this one Michigan State's defense showed up yet again. They forced twenty six turnovers, which at the time was the third consecutive game. If you include the exhibition game against Saginaw Valley State, the third consecutive game they had forced twenty six turnovers, which is pretty impressive and shows how that full court press is working for Michigan State. Uh, now we're going to move into the next game. The game was on Sunday. Marin and I were on the call for. All four of, or all three of us in this room were at this game. So I'll, now I'll hand it off to you guys. Michigan State defeated Western Michigan 97 to 49. Now I'll start with you, Marin. What were your thoughts on this one? I think this game was very big for the sophomores on the team. We had talked a lot about Hageman and Eck really kind of having a slow start to the season after they were kind of the two players that Susie was really looking towards. They had a lot on their shoulders last year and. They have a chance now to have a team with more depth. They're not not everything's relying on them, but it was very nice to see both of those shooting incredibly from beyond the arc. Dee Dee Hageman was 
five for six. Matilda Eck was six for eight, 2019 points. Both of them had incredible games on Sunday. Allie, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I just agree with that. Well, one, it was really nice to see almost everyone score. Only person that didn't score was Jayla James, who was in for quite literally one minute. And then Stephanie Vischer, she didn't pl- score, but she did, had a lot of rebounds and some other nice things. But it was really nice seeing Didi like, put them up there because she's had a slow start to the season, at least scoring-wise. So it was just really nice to see that and like to know that we can start to rely on her because she did it again last night. Another one to get into, um, Iceland Alexander. Mm-hmm. She... We'll get into that later on how she played last night. She had nine points against Western Michigan. She had uh, eight. I had to look at that for a second. She had eight rebounds, and she's always been a big rebounding player. She had two blocks. So she's really coming out of her shell. The more minutes she's been getting on the court, the more you can kind of see that, especially based off how she played at kind of the end of last season. Yeah, it was nice to see for Michigan State now when Didi Hageman, like you said, shot five for six from three. Her three-point shot was kind of what Susie Merchant wanted to see her develop in the in the offseason. She's a very good passer, runs the offense very well, but her scoring ability is, was a little behind last year. Seeing her go for five or six and have the potential to make defenders play her close and guard close on her, it's just going to make her more effective. She had just two points in the game against Purdue-Fort Purdue, against Purdue Fort Wayne, so she really bounced back in that one. Matilda Eck, after the game against Purdue-Fort Wayne, Susie kind of didn't call her out in the press conference, but made a comment about how you know, one for six, uh, she knows that Tilly can play better than that, and she did, obviously, on Sunday, going out, shooting six for eight, put up 20 points. She's actually been the leading scorer on this team so far, four game, or three games into the season now. Or is it four? It's four games in the season now, my yes. mistake. So Michigan, uh, they both, both the sophomores played really well, and I think another takeaway, we kind of touched on it, is the ability for these this team is any given night, not only does this team have a lot of depth, but any given night, two or three people can just take over the entire game. It's Hageman. It was Hageman, uh, Tilly in this one. Other games, it's McDaniel and Elliott. Other games, it's uh, Mo Joyner might come in and play well off the bench with Aaron Halleck. So there's a lot of people on this team that can step up and make plays, which is going to be huge when they get into next weekend at the PKI, when it's their true first non-conference test, and then when they move into conference play. And now we're going to move into our final, third and final game to recap. Last night, Michigan State took down Oakland 85-39, to and like I said before, a defensive clinic by Michigan State, holding Oakland to just 39 points and 22% from the field. Allie, what were your takeaways from this one? Um, Yesterday, once again, slow start, which we've seen almost all the games. Honestly, don't think they played great yesterday, but Oakland was just could not put a shot up for the life of them. But it still isn't like a bad performance. It just wasn't the greatest. I'm trying to find. Let me pull up the stats. Gabby Elliott led the team yesterday, which we've touched on her. But it's really nice that we have some good transfers. Between her and McDaniel, I definitely think that'll help the two sophomores. Yeah, I think yesterday, I, was it their best performance offensively? No, and I think Susie touched on that in the mm-hmm. post-game presser. She didn't like the slow starts. She thought they improved as the game went on, but it was kind of just... Offensively, there's nothing that stood out for them. They just kind of played an average offensive game. But on the defensive end, they that press gave Oakland fits the entire night. At the end of the first quarter, Michigan State went on a 12-2 run to close out the end of the first to take a 23-15 lead. Oakland had 15 points at the end of the first. They scored nine combined between the second and third quarter. They were held to four points in the second quarter, making just one field goal, five points 
on two field goals in the third quarter. So that defense just completely swarmed Oakland. Uh, Marin, you were at the game. Did you you were working the sideline for BTN? What did you see from your perf- perspective? Um, definitely agree with you guys. Very slow start for Michigan State, especially on offense. And throughout the night, there were some offensive struggles. That defense was really key to last night, shutting them down. Oakland was only shooting at seven percent in the second quarter, extremely low. Um, and I also think it's interesting to see that I believe I could be wrong. I, you might want to fact check me on this, but this was the first game that there was only one Spartan who got into double digit, digits, and that was Elliot. I believe you are correct. I was um, re- yeah. Mm-hmm. She got 12. Everyone else was very close, a lot of nine points. And another one I talked about before, I said I was going to come back to this, Iceline Alexander, another nine points last night, four rebounds. She's, again, she's a player who I see, she's really coming out of her shell a lot. Me and Allie were on the beat last year. She didn't play much until the very end of the season when Susie was kind of pulling anyone she could out. Another one, Brooklyn Ruers, only five points, but she's not a player we really saw. I like that we're saying at her. all. I, I think like, it shows, like, even if she's not doing that much yet, five points is still five points, especially from someone who quite literally would maybe play at two minutes at the end of a blowout last year. I like that we're seeing her, not even at the end, we're seeing her second quarter. Game. And she was being, like, yeah. she had some good aggression there she's yesterday. She's aggressive. And she's there kind of, how many be, rebounds did she have? She had seven. She had seven. She had a lot. She's there mm-hmm. to kind of be underneath the net, but I like that we were seeing her I like get that we're seeing in. her too. Yeah, after the game, Susie, I asked about her because uh, Tyre Parks got into some foul trouble yesterday, which is why Ruers played the 12 minutes that she did, and she was pleased. Obviously, only the five points on two or three shooting, but m- more importantly, Susie was just looking for somebody that can get down low and defensively rebound at the five spot, and she stepped in and did that perfectly. So it's nice to see that. Obviously, Alexander and Parks are probably going to take the bulk of the minutes this year, especially against the better competition. But to know that Ruers can step in when somebody's in foul trouble, when she's needed, it's going to be huge for this team down the stretch. And the other thing I saw in this game was just, like you said, only one Spartan made it into double digits in Gabby Elliott. But Theron Halleck got hot in the second quarter. She had a really good second. I believe she had, I think it was seven of her nine points. All of her points came in the first half. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. So I was writing the recap this morning. Uh, so she finished with nine, had a very good first half. The second half, and the fourth quarter specifically, Tyre Parks came alive. She went, all nine of her points came in the fourth quarter. She went four or five from the field in that quarter. She played very well and only had 16 minutes. And I think the, probably the biggest takeaway I have looking at the box score right now is the minutes played. Only two Michigan State players played 20 minutes or more last night. Kamari McDaniel came back, played 22. Mo Joyner played 20. I think that's, Going to be huge. Obviously, they just had a quick stretch here. We played; they were in the second of three or second of three games in six days or whatever it is. But they're still, you know, able to stretch out the bench. It just shows really how much depth this team has, and so early in the season. And I think Susie mentioned that in the press conference from the notes that I saw from yesterday that it's good. Everyone's getting some time. I think every person on the roster got at least a few minutes mm-hmm. on the court yesterday. It was the first time we saw... We saw Porter and Skorupski, yeah. Um, and obviously it's not going to stay like that. As again, tougher play. Things are going to get more solidified, but Susie's kind of giving everyone a chance to prove themselves because it's not the same as last year where they're pulling up anyone they can because 
someone just left the team from the transfer portal, someone else just got injured, somebody's sick, they have people they can go to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, and Susie's mentioned this, right Right now she's running a 12, 11-man rotation. Now she's going to have to slim that down going into the tougher competition. I'm curious to see who steps up and gets more minutes, who's going to take more of the a bulk of those minutes. Obviously, if at any given time she can go to the end of the bench. And another person I think, I'm curious to see how she develops as the year progresses now is Abby Kimball. She missed the first couple games with uh, an illness, didn't play the first couple games, returned on Sunday against Western Michigan, only played, I think it was, let me find it real quick. Seven minutes. She played seven minutes against Western, and I think she played like 10. She played six minutes last night against uh, against Oakland. Obviously, she's coming back from her illness. She was only allowed to start playing full contact with everybody basketball last Friday. So she's only been, I mean, it's not even been a week yet. So obviously she struggled so far on the floor, hasn't made her first basket yet. But I think once she does fully get acclimated and fully up to strength, I'm curious to see how she fits into this rotation. I agree, and I think it's pretty easy, too, to see how hungry she is to get that first point and to keep working for the team. She put in a lot of effort last night to try to get the ball in her hands and try to make shots. It just wasn't working out for her, but I think when she has some time to get acclimated, again, she was sick, she's out, she only started practicing full contact less than a week ago. Once she gets back into the swing of things, I'm really interested to see how that's going to be. Yeah, I think, and the last note on this one, uh, Michigan State dominant defensively, holding Oakland to three of nine, three of nineteen from to uh, from uh, three point land. All three of those three pointers came in the fourth quarter, and two of them came in the final minute for Oakland. Mm-hmm. So they just could not get the ball to go. Uh, and Oakland or Michigan State forced Oakland to turn the ball over twenty nine times. Uh, Michigan State did a great job with their full court press yesterday, making getting Oakland frustrated, forcing those turnovers. The twenty nine was a season high for the team which was previously 26, which they had done twice. So it's another uh, impressive defensive performance for them. Now we're going to move into our player of the week, which we do. We started doing this last week. We talked about Theron Halleck last week. This week we're going to talk about Kamari McDaniel, the transfer, the grad transfer from Baylor. She had nine points last night, or was it eight? Let me look. Eight. She had eight points eight, last yeah. night. She's averaging 10 points a game right now, 10 points a game, three boards, and two assists, second leading scorer on the team as a grad transfer. Anybody, uh, I just, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on how she's played so far this year? I like what I'm seeing a lot from her. I Like, we already said this, but between, like, her and Elliot, having transfers that are actually, like, getting out there starting even and, like, putting up points from the beginning is impressive, especially since last year. We just didn't really have that as a team. And they're from some pretty big schools, and I think McDaniel, uh, she's really come in a lot, and she's come. they've both come in very fast, and she goes in and she scores, and it's nice to have some of those older players on the team when a lot of the players that were kind of leading the team and starting for the team this year were younger players. Cloudin was really a big leader, and now they have all these veteran Leaders and scorers, they have McDaniel, they have Elliott, Osman Aralt coming back is big. They obviously were with the Spartans for a while before their injuries. And I know on Sunday, McDaniel got into some foul trouble, had to sit out for a decent amount of the game, and that hurt. And I think once the Spartans kind of figure out that foul trouble, that seems to be a small issue right now, uh, McDaniel's going to be pretty big. 
I mean, yeah, McDaniel, like you said, got into some foul trouble on Sunday against Western. She still finished with 14 points on the night. And I think her best attribute she's used so far this year is her ability to get to the free throw line. She was 4 for 5 from the line on Sunday. She was 8 for 10. Yeah, she was 8 for 10 as this uh, as against Purdue-Fort Wayne last Thursday when she finished with 14. She uh, Susie talked about her in the post-game press conference yesterday. She loves her ability to get to the basket. She's probably the best pure scorer on this team. Just she, Her ability to find her shot is really impressive. She does a great job of attacking the basket, getting to the free throw line, or even finishing inside. So I'm curious to see how she really carries herself as a leader on this team. She's played at Baylor, one of the best programs in the country. Just interesting to see how she carries herself in the locker room and also do, helps the younger players, even like Hageman and, and Matilda Eck, who are have a lot of experience on the team because of last year, but now they have that veteran presence to learn how to even improve and make themselves even better as the year progresses. So I think now we're going to move into our preview of the next week of games, or next two weeks, considering we won't have an episode next week. So Michigan State plays tomorrow night at 7 against Florida A&M. That game will be broadcasted live on Impact or 80, impact89fm.org. Allie and I will be on the call for that one. And then on Sunday or Saturday afternoon, Michigan State, Michigan, Michigan State sorry, travels to Central Michigan to take on the Chippewas. And then next week on Thanksgiving night, Michigan State travels to the PKI out in Portland. They take on Iowa State, who currently is ranked 7th in the country. And then depending on, depending on the result of that game, they'll either play Oregon or UNC, who are both ranked in the top 15. So let's start with tomorrow. What it, or start with the next two games this week, tomorrow and Saturday. What do you what do you want to see from this Michigan State team? I th- oh, do you want to go, Allie? Sure. Okay. Just, they I don't care who they're playing. I said this last week and I'll say it again. They can't keep starting slow. Doesn't matter if you play perfect the other three quarters. If you start slow, once you get into a better competition, that's going to be it for you. And even yesterday, Oakland had the lead in, at one point in the first quarter because they started slow. They can't keep doing that. I'm like that was passionate. I I agree with that definitely. The team has had some slow starts. The first quarters have been a bit cold for Michigan State and these next two upcoming games, these two teams, Florida A&M and CMU, both have pretty similar records last season and this season to the other teams that Michigan State has played so far. So I'd really love to see them come out and keep building on the offense. I think the defense for the team is really solid right now, and I think the defense has been doing a fairly good job, been forcing a lot of turnovers. But once you get into tougher competition, that offense needs to be more solidified. Yeah, I I agree. I would look for more consistency on the offense. The other thing I'd like to see, too, is over the next two games, I'd like to see Coach Merchant kind of slim down the rotation a little bit. I'd like to see who she's actually going to lean on next week at the PKI and then going into conference play. Right now they're running a 12-man rotation. Everybody's getting minutes at some point. That's not going to be the case next week. I'm curious to see if, you know, if Dee Dee Hageman's going to continue, if her minutes are going to grow at the point, or if she's still going to lean on Halleck. If they're just, I'm, I don't know where she's going to slim it down at, which I guess is something we could talk about because a lot of people are playing well right now. Like I honestly don't know. I mean, there's a few obvious ones, but those are the people playing mm-hmm. two, three minutes a night, obviously. But I just I'm curious to see where you guys think who's I going to who's going know to who, lose like, some the minutes. Six man is going to be because every single game we've seen a different like the 
six and seventh man we've seen every game. So I'm curious to see who she's going to rely on. Well, it's interesting, too, because a lot of times she does a whole line change. Yeah. At the, you know, mm-hmm. six-minute mark. Yeah. Four minute, like where it was Western. Like. When I was writing the recap, I was looking over it, and it said. There was a there was, there was one last only night one too. person from the original starting five stayed in at the first lineup change. So there she's was obviously not going to do. Last night she, I am, um, at, I think about halfway through the first quarter she changed and she brought in I believe it was Osmond Halleck, Isa. I can't remember, but she, she mm-hmm. completely swapped. No, it during out. the Western game, I specifically remember. Yeah, like halfway through the first, the only starter that stayed in was Eck. Every single other person went out. I think she's probably going to stick to a 10-man rotation looking through it. Obviously, the Agreed. starting five, you have Hagem and Elliott, McDaniel, Eck, and Parks. Those They've all played very well, and I think they'll all continue to start. Osment will continue to get minutes as a four. Theron Halleck's going to be the backup point guard. She's played incredible. I think... Alexander will still get her minutes at the five. Fisher will still get minutes at the four and three. And I think Mo Joyner will still get her minutes. She plays really hard. She's one of my favorite players to watch off the bench. So I think, like, players like, I, I mean, Ruers, her time will come when it, just depending on foul trouble. So game situation mm-hmm. will de- determine how many minutes she gets. And I and I think Julia Ayroll, I, I don't know how many minutes she's going to be able to get, especially for the amount of depth Michigan State has. Seriously? I, I wanted to bring that up because I'm curious to see how A-Rolt will progress this season. She is coming off an injury and she came off it a bit slower than Osmond did. I think her injury was a little bit more severe than Tori's. After Western. Oh, what what did what was A-Rolt's injury? I know. A-Rolt's was, was it ACL fib, or No. ACL was Tori. Tori. Okay. Hers it was like her fibula or something. It was like a left. They said it said like left foot injury, but I remember Susie explaining at it the to press me. conference when she was talking about Kimball, like how Kimball just started practicing like full contact. She said that Julia just started also. Exactly. So, so yeah. that was where my point was that Tori came back much sooner than Julia mm-hmm. did. I can't remember exactly what Julia's injury was. I know it was a left foot injury, but I can't remember the specific details. But I'm curious to see is as she practices and as she gets used to being back on her feet, she's only a junior, so she still has another year to play. I'm curious to see how she's going to progress with the season. I am too because as she's playing, she's gotten some minutes in all the games other than she didn't play in the exhibition. But just noticing when you're on the floor, you're right next to the bench, and it seems like a lot of the time on defense, I I don't know if she's there defensively yet. Susie seems a lot of the time to be harping on her the most from the bench. I Obviously, like you said, she just started playing. She's playing full contact. She's only only been a couple weeks. But I'm just curious to see, like, going next week, I'm curious to see how many minutes she'll get against a team like Iowa State. Um, Agreed. So, and that's the thing with Kimball. Kimball had all right. last year to still play contact. She missed a couple weeks due to some sickness. A-Rolt has been out for, had been out for right. over still a year. On her. I found the injury. It's a... Uh, I found a quote from Susie. It's a football injury. She tore her Liz Frank ligament at the top of her foot. Yeah. Okay. I I knew it was something. It was like Susie explained it, and I was like, I can't remember. Interesting. The person that did her surgery was Patrick Mahomes' surgeon also. Fun fact. The more you know. Yep. Michigan State tomorrow takes on (laughs) Florida A&M. The Rattlesnakes were 3-5 and a year ago in the, uh, the SWAC conference. 
Uh, they're one and two on the year. They beat Georgia State on Tuesday, sixty-five to fifty-seven. On Saturday against Central, Central's zero and two on the year. Just lost to Oakland last week, seventy-one to sixty, and they also lost to Valparaiso, seventy-one to sixty-four. They were four and twenty-five a year ago. They played a night against Indiana State, so it'll be interesting to see how Michigan State handles these two teams. It should be similar to the original results or the results so far this year. They should handle both of these opponents. But now we're going to move into Iowa State and just the PKI in general. Iowa State three and zero on the year, number seven in the country. What, what do you what do you want to see from them? Because the teams they've played so far and are going to play going into Portland next week are not very good. Like that, they, we're not going to beat around the bush. So, what do you want to see as they now play an elite team? I mean, this is just. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle these actual opponents. Like you said, we're not going to beat around the bush. They've been playing some teams that really don't seem to know how to win. Four and twenty-five, three and twenty-five. That's not much of a record to have. And going up against those teams, you're going to have some confidence, and you're going to get to move people around. And it's going to be pretty similar results to what we've been seeing. This is not going to be the same story. We've seen this team. We saw the team last year beat some odds against some opponents. Michigan, I believe, was ranked last year. They were ranked like number three or four when we. They were ranked. Fairly, I think they were six when we beat them. Um, they beat us in Ann Arbor. They beat Michigan State. That was but fun. Michigan State took home the win at the Breslin last year, an electric time. So it's going to be interesting to see how the offense operates and how the defense. This defense That's has been I playing against some teams that might be a little more timid. Number seven, Iowa State, is not going to be intimidated. A timid team. They're going to come out aggressive. Yeah, I think I'm interested to see how much Susie continues to use that full court press, especially against an opponent that's going to be able to handle it and might even be the more physically gifted team, bigger and stronger than Michigan State. Also, curious to see how. I'm just I'm curious to see where this this weekend will show where Michigan State is headed this year. I do think they're a tournament team, but are they a Six, five, five, six seed in the tournament, or are they a 10, 9, 8 seed? So I'm curious to see, you know, truly how good this Michigan State is. If they put on a good enough performance, they could find themselves ranked in two weeks, which, as right now, they're not receiving any votes, but that could change, obviously, with two good performances. Obviously, they play Iowa State, and then depending on the result of that game, they'll play either UNC or Oregon. So I'm interested to see how they perform in all those games. And Michigan State, and we'll just see how they go into that. So now, I think we're all going to say they're going to go two and zero this uh, tomorrow and Saturday. What do you th- what do you think their record will be in Portland? Do you think they can get one? Just one? Will they win one. a game? One, will they win a game in Portland? I think it's a possibility. It's um, definitely possible. It really just depends on the team's energy going into it mm-hmm. because it is going to be a shock to the system if the they, entire team, especially to some of the newcomers. I think Elliot and McDaniel. Have are going to have some composure. I think some of the returners from last year are going to have some composure, but some of these freshmen, Theron Halleck, I'm interested to see what a shock to the system that's kind of kind of be playing an opponent that you're playing tomorrow. Halleck going up to face a three to twenty five Florida A and M team. Last season, Iowa State was twenty eight and seven. That's a completely different margin. 
Yeah, not only are they playing a tournament-level team, they're playing a, I believe Iowa State went to the Sweet 16 last year, so they're playing one of the best teams they can play in the country. Now, from what sounded like before the season started, Michigan State played a closed scrimmage, quote-unquote, against Louisville. They went down to Kentucky to play them. It sounded like it's Louisville. We're not going to have this conversation again. Louisville. Louisville. Both that one wrong. didn't get published, so but, they don't know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Louis- it's pronounced Louisville. But anyways, no. Michigan State, I don't believe they won. There was no box score or anything posted, but Susie was very happy with how the team performed, and Louisville is currently sixth in the country, if I just looked at it correctly. So I'm interested to see if that performance that they had, I have no idea what the final score was. Susie could just be lying to us. Who knows? Um, <laughs> and just telling us everything's okay. Uh, but I'm interested to see uh, how they perform in this one. Obviously now there's fans in the seats, different atmosphere playing for something, but actually playing for something. Something to note is that Iowa State has already played a Big Ten opponent this year. They opened the season against Northwestern, who they beat. Uh, was I looking at the wrong team? You were looking at. Oh, the I'm wrong looking at team. Oregon. Sorry, Oregon, who they could potentially play. I was going to say has already played Northwestern. Uh, they beat Northwestern 100 to 57. So I know Northwestern's not a powerhouse Big Ten school. Michigan State handled them last year. But it's just something to note that it is still something, something to, to note. note, something to keep in mind. So I think state can. I'm, I'm. I don't think they take one, but I think it's one of those things where they lose both games by less than ten. Like I think they play. I, I can, think they compete this weekend. I can get on but, board with that. But I don't think they get one, Allie. I'm going with one. We need an optimist. One. We need an optimist I'm going in the room. One. Thank I'm you. I'm an optimistic person. I'm going to go with one. If they can start the game, start strong. They have their starting lineup. Last year, they had freshmen on it. This year, it's all veterans. I think that those people know how to, like Marin said, they have composure. I think they can handle it. So they can start out, not even strong, just start out and do something. And it Not is asking for much. It yeah. is known that when Matt is a pessimist, good things tend to, good, good things tend to happen. Sports, mm-hmm. Great things happen. Good things pop, tend pop. to happen. So Adam and then, That is one of those things. I still publicly do not approve. Do not support Michigan. Or anyways, I'm not going to talk about Michigan well, State um, hockey. Or tune into Behind the Mask, our uh, Impact's hockey podcast. Brian Radezovich, Jacob Stinson, Jacob Phillips. They do their episodes every week. I believe they recorded this morning, so their episode should be out I thought soon. You said no free ads. No free. Yeah, but it's Impact. We can That's shout each other out. Plug. Shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. Um, so behind the mask. My, my last. Wait, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say yeah. As long as they can start out, and then if their defense can hold up, I mean, obviously not not even comparable. Levels of competition, but 26 turnovers, 26 turnovers, 29. Tur- every game they've forced at least 20 turnovers. So obviously not even, like I said, not even comparable, the level of competition. But if they can do that, if they can, I don't know. I'm going optimist. I'm going at least one win. I can get behind that, even though I still think they're going to go 0-2. But I'll be the pessimist on the show. That's fine. Um, my only other takeaway I would say is I would expect get Elliot and McDaniel to be leaned on a lot, especially in that first game before some of the younger players get their feet underneath them playing in a tough game like this. I would expect them, the the people that have been there before and have played in games like this before, to be leaned on here early. I think that's going to do it for us this evening. Hope everybody enjoyed listening to the show. Make sure to follow along. We'll be covering the game tomorrow, the live broadcast at 7 in the Lansing area. You can listen at 88.9 FM or on the Impact website, impact89fm.org. Follow along. We will not be covering the game on Saturday because it's at Central, but we still should have a recap for that after the game. And then I believe the men's beat is traveling to Portland to cover the PKI for both the men's and the women's. I believe they're going to try and broadcast the Iowa State game on Thanksgiving night. So after you've had your delicious Thanksgiving dinner, your mashed potatoes, your sweet potato casserole, and your turkey, of course, 
tune in instead of listening to foot, watching football. Listen to some Michigan State women's and men's basketball as they play on Thursday night. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. You can find it anywhere you find your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and on the Impact website, impactadmfm.org. And we will see you all in two weeks as we will break down the PKI and move into Michigan State's December schedule. So thank you, everybody, for listening.